What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Mayalari. So today's episode will be about the NBA schedule, which was released yesterday afternoon. I'll break down some notable games in the NBA for this upcoming season. I'll break down the Clippers schedule and then also talk about the Celtics schedule as well, and then highlight some NBA news at the end of this episode. So to start off, you play each team in your division four times. So that's a breakdown of your schedule. You play each team in your division four times. So the Celtics play the Raptors, Knicks, Nets, and 76 is four times apiece, two times at home, two times away. Then you play three or four games against the other teams in your conference. So for the Celtics, they play three or four games, depending on whether they play three or four. That depends, obviously, in the breakdown of the schedule. They play three or four games against the Atlanta Hawks and the Miami Heat. Then you play two games against each team in the other conference. So one game at home against the LA Clippers and then one game away against the LA Clippers. If you're the New York Knicks, you play the LA Lakers once at home and play the LA Lakers once away. That's just how it works. You play each team in your conference three or four times. You play each team in division four times. And then you play two games against each team in the other conference once at home and once away. That's just a breakdown of the NBA schedule. So to reiterate, you play each team in your division four times. Every other team in your conference, you play three or four times, depending on the breakdown of the schedule. And you play two games against each team in the other conference. So that's how the NBA schedule works, as I said. So some notable games to highlight. Opening night, it is a doubleheader on TNT. The 76ers at the Boston Celtics at 7.30 p.m. That's the first game of the year. That's NBA tip-off for the season. Then Lakers at Warriors at 10 o'clock following that game on TNT. That'll be the Warriors' ring ceremony for winning the NBA Finals this year. Then now I'm going to skip ahead to Christmas Day. I know, obviously, that's its ways away. But that's obviously a big day in the NBA schedule. There's five games. 76 is at Knicks at noon. Lakers at Mavericks at 2.30 p.m. To highlight the Lakers, they have 12 back-to-backs on the year, 39 games on national TV. I'll break down some other teams that have high national TV broadcasted games in just a few minutes. So the Lakers have 39 games on national TV. The Bucks at Celtics at 5 p.m. Obviously, that's going to be a heavy matchup. I think most people probably have them going to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. So that'll be a great matchup. Grizzlies at Warriors at 8 p.m. And then Suns at Nuggets at 10.15 p.m. So now to keep going in order from opening night. I know I just skipped ahead to Christmas Day. But from opening night to October 20th, Clippers at Lakers at the Staples Center on October 20th. That will be the Clippers opening night. That's the second game of the year for the Los Angeles Lakers. That will be the Battle of L.A. That will actually be the first game back for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and that'll be the first time Paul George and Kawhi Leonard play LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the same game since December of 2020. Obviously, all four of those guys have had the injuries in the past. Kawhi Leonard missing all of last season, Anthony Davis missing more than half of last season, and LeBron James missing a good amount of games as well. Paul George obviously missed games as well last year too. So all four guys have an injury plague now over the last couple seasons, but that'll be a great matchup to watch on October 20th. Clippers opening night, second game of the year for the Los Angeles Lakers, and obviously it shows the Battle of LA is back, and that rivalry will be heavily covered before that game. Definitely excited to see that game. Then, so just a day after that Clippers at Lakers game, you get the Celtics at Miami Heat on Friday, October 21st at 7.30 p.m. That is a rematch of the 2022 Eastern Conference Finals. That's the Celtics and Miami Heat, both second game of the year for each squad. The Heat open up with four home games. They play Golden State two times in the first nine games of the year, though. So very tough start to the season for them. They play October 27th at Golden State and then November 1st at Miami versus the Golden State Warriors. They play 10 games at home in March, so... 
towards the end of the season, they have a little bit easier a break, 10 games at home in the month of March. Definitely makes it easier not having to travel later in the season, especially when guys can stay at home. Obviously, don't have to be leaving a day or two early to get a flight. So you get a little bit more comfortable having practices at home, obviously. So that'll be easier for the Miami Heat in the end of the season, having 10 games in the month of March. So then the Warriors play at the Suns on October 25th on TNT. The Clippers play at the Warriors on November 23rd on ESPN. I think that'll be the Western Conference Finals matchup. Clippers at Warriors. Then another game to highlight, the Celtics will be playing at Golden State on December 10th on ABC, a Saturday night game on December 10th. That game will be on ABC, the 2022 NBA Finals rematch, heavily anticipated game. Obviously, everyone's going to be excited to watch that December 10th at Golden State on ABC. It will be a Saturday night, and that is actually just one of 10 Saturdays in the NBA schedule that ABC will be hosting Saturday night games. There will be 10 ABC Saturday primetime games on eight different Saturdays from December to March. The Celtics actually have four games in those 10 Saturday NBA primetime games. So obviously the Celtics will be getting a lot of run on ABC this season. The Celtics play at the Warriors, as I said, December 10th. Then they actually play the Lakers on that same road trip on December 13th at Los Angeles. So that's another heavily anticipated rivalry game. Celtics versus the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James versus Jason Tatum and company. Then shortly after that, the Miami Heat and San Antonio Spurs will be playing on December 17th in Mexico City. That'll be the 31st game held in Mexico City, most in any country outside of the United States and Canada. So Mexico's third in NBA games hosted besides the United States and Canada. ABC, as I said, will be hosting a good amount of Saturday primetime games. There will be 10 Saturday primetime games on eight different Saturdays from December to March on ABC. As I said, the Celtics have four of them. One of those 10 games will be on January 14th. The Miami Heat will be hosting the Milwaukee Bucks. That could be another potential Eastern Conference Finals matchup. We'll see how things obviously pan out. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are now my favorite in the East, which this isn't my NBA season preview. I will be giving you guys that before the season begins. This is just an NBA schedule release and breakdown of all the notable games and obviously the Celtics and Clippers seasons. I'll be breaking down both of their schedules in just a minute. So then the Clippers play the Bucks on TNT on February 2nd, 2023. I think that's going to be a great matchup. Last year, the Clippers did blow out the Milwaukee Bucks and I believe March or April. And Robert Covington on the LA Clippers actually went for 43 points that night with eight rebounds and two assists. He was locked down from three. He was absolutely locked in. He was drilling threes left and right. Amir Coffey had 32 points in that game. Luke Kennard had 23. Terrence Mann had 18. And that was a Clippers team without Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, or Norman Powell, and they blew out the Milwaukee Bucks 153 to 119. The Milwaukee Bucks were resting a lot of their starters since it was on April 1st, but at the end of the day, the Clippers team still beat them 153 to 119, won that game by 34 points. So I'm really looking forward to the Clippers visiting Milwaukee again this year on February 2nd on TNT. So now I'm going to break down some of the toughest schedules in the NBA according to Tankathon. One through five is the Oklahoma City Thunder. They have the hottest schedule in the NBA. Second is the Houston Rockets. Third is the Sacramento Kings. Fourth is the San Antonio Spurs. And fifth is the Portland Trail Blazers. And now for the other side, teams with the easiest schedule in the NBA. First off is the Milwaukee Bucks. Second is the Boston Celtics. Third is the Miami Heat. Fourth is the Golden State Warriors. And fifth is the Philadelphia 76ers. Obviously, part of the reason that all five of those teams have the easiest schedules in the NBA is because they're playing each other only two times respectively. So the Bucks, Celtics, Heat, 
and six has only played Golden State twice rather than four times, like a lot of those Western Conference teams, like the Oklahoma City Thunder, Houston Rockets, Sacramento Kings. And then if you look at it, the Celtics only play the Bucks three times. They do play the Miami Heat four times, though. The Sixers play the Bucks four times, Celtics four times, with the Heat only three times. Golden State plays Phoenix four times since they're in the same division, but only play the Bucks, Celtics, Heat, and Sixers two times apiece. And obviously, Golden State has an advantage playing Oklahoma City, Sacramento four times apiece in playing the San Antonio Spurs three times. And then if you look at the East, Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, all playing the Eastern Conference Wika teams like the Orlando Magic and Indiana Pacers three or four times. That obviously plays a big role in those five teams right there, Golden State, Philadelphia, Miami, Boston, Milwaukee. That plays a big role in all five of those teams having easier schedules since they don't have to play each other. Obviously, Boston doesn't have to play Boston. Milwaukee does not have to play Milwaukee. But they only play each other a certain amount of times. So the Celtics... Heat, Sixes, and Bucks only play Golden State two times apiece. And then Golden State has an advantage only playing those Eastern Conference rivals only two times apiece, as I said. And then Golden State obviously has an advantage playing the Thunder, Rockets, and Kings four times apiece. That's 12 games against three of the worst teams in the NBA, especially considering those three teams right there have the three hottest schedules. Oklahoma City, Houston, Sacramento have the hottest schedules in the NBA. And as I said, a lot of that has to do with what conference you're in. So Golden State has an advantage playing those three teams, the Thunder, Rockets, and Kings, 12 times, four times apiece, being in the Western Conference with them. And then you look at it, same thing with the Heat, Celtics, Sixes, and Bucks. They have to play each other at least three times apiece. But still, at the end of the day, the Sixers don't have to play the Sixers. Celtics don't have to play the Celtics. Milwaukee doesn't play Milwaukee. So your schedule is always going to be a little easy, just like the Patriots. In that AFC East, for a long time, they were playing the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills. Three teams are all struggling, and the Patriots never had to play themselves. So they never had to play the hottest team in the league. So that obviously is an advantage, and that's the reason those five teams have the easiest schedules in the NBA, since they never have to play themselves three or four times like the other teams. Not like the Oklahoma City Thunder have to play Golden State four times, or the Orlando Magic have to play the Celtics four times. It's not like that, obviously. So now I'm going to transition to most games on national television for each team. The Warriors have 42. That means more than half of the Warriors games will be nationally televised across ESPN, TNT, ABC, and NBA TV. The Lakers have 39. They are in second place. Celtics have 37. Suns have 34. 76ers have 34. Clippers have 32. Bucks have 32. Mavs have 30. Nuggets have 28. Grizzlies have 28. Nets have 23. And Miami Heat have 22 nationally televised games. So all of those games being broadcasted across ESPN, TNT, ABC, or NBA TV. But for teams with the most games at ESPN or TNT or ABC, so excluding NBA TV, the Warriors have 30 games on ESPN, TNT, or ABC. The Lakers have 27, Celtics have 25, Bucks have 23, 76ers have 23, Suns have 22, Mavs have 21, Clippers have 20, Grizzlies have 18, Nuggets have 16, Knicks have 13, Nets have 13, Miami Heat have 11, the Pelicans also have 11, the Bulls have 10, the Timberwolves have 10, the Atlanta Hawks have 8, the Cavs have 5, the Raptors have 4, the Hornets have 3, the Blazers have 3, the Wizards have 2, and the rest of the NBA teams in the NBA, so that's the Thunder, the Kings, among others like the Pacers, only have one nationally broadcasted game on ESPN, TNT, or ABC apiece. So now I'm going to break down the Clippers schedule. They open up the season with a rivalry game on October 20th, that's a Thursday, versus the Los Angeles Lakers. 
And now for a breakdown of the Clippers' schedule. They do not have a five-game and seven-day stretch for the first time in franchise history. They had five stretches last season with five games and seven days. This season they have none, so that's obviously definitely going to help with them staying healthy and definitely give them more rest during the season so they don't get burned out by the time the NBA playoffs come. I think if the Clippers are healthy, by the time the playoffs come, I think they win the NBA Finals. And as I said, they had five stretches last year with five games and seven days. This year they do not have any five and sevens, which is a huge help for that Clippers team, a team with guys with a lot of injuries. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Norman Paul was hurt last year. So the Clippers are a team, obviously, with a lot of injury-prone players. So giving them no five and sevens will definitely help them stay rested and healthy, hopefully, before the playoffs come. So now I'm going to break down the amount of back-to-backs they have. The Clippers have 15 back-to-backs in this season. They had 14 back-to-back games last season. The Clippers have 15 back-to-backs, while the Lakers only have 12. Credit to Andrew Greif. He is actually a Clippers beat writer for the LA Times. He broke down a lot of these facts about the Clippers schedule that I'm giving you guys right now. So the Clippers have 15 back-to-backs, as I said. The Lakers have no 5-7s. and sevens. They have 12 back-to-backs to the Clippers 15. And the Lakers have no 5-7s, and sevens, just like the Clippers. The Lakers have 14 rest advantage games, while the Clippers have 9. So rest advantage games means when you have a day off the day before a game, Compared to a team that you're playing against that's playing on a back-to-back, the Clippers have nine rest advantage games, the Lakers have 14, and now for disadvantage games, when you're playing a back-to-back or playing a team that already had a day off the day before, the Lakers have eight games that are disadvantage games, while the Clippers have 13. So a disadvantage game, as I said, is a game when you are playing a team that was well-rested the day before the game they are obviously playing. So let's say the Clippers and Lakers play on a Thursday, if the Clippers don't play on Friday or Saturday, and then they play on Sunday versus the Atlanta Hawks. If the Hawks are playing on a road trip on the West Coast, they play the Warriors on that Saturday and then have to play the Clippers on Sunday. The disadvantaged team there is the Hawks, while the advantage team obviously is the Clippers since they had two days off before that game. So for the Clippers, their longest road trip of the season is six games in January. They do a five-game road trip in December. Their longest homestand is five games. That will happen three times during the season, once in December, once in January, and then also once in March at the end of the season. The Clippers play 63 games before the All-Star break, which is actually tying the NBA record that the Clippers already had last season. They set the record last year with 63 games before the All-Star break, and they'll do that again this season. So that means... Before the All-Star break, the first 75% of the season, those 63 games before the All-Star break would definitely cause the Clippers to have to rely heavily on their depth. I think they're the deepest team in the NBA, one of the deepest teams I've ever seen in all of sports. And that means, though, after the All-Star break, the last fourth of the season for the Clippers will be a little easier for the Clippers, and they'll have a little bit more time and have more rest and health before the playoffs and obviously have an easier last 25% of the season. And at the beginning of the episode, I was breaking down how the NBA schedule is created. You play each team in your division four times, two times at home, two times away. If you look at the Clippers division, it's the Phoenix Suns, Golden State Warriors, the Clippers, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Sacramento Kings. So they play the Lakers, Kings, Warriors, and Suns four times apiece, two times at home, two times away for each team. And then they play the rest of the Western Conference three or four times. So there are three teams you play four times. And the Clippers got lucky. They'll be playing Oklahoma City, the Houston Rockets, and San Antonio four times. So there are three teams they play four times. 
is the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Houston Rockets, and the San Antonio Spurs. That means they only played the Blazers, Grizzlies, Timberwolves, and Pelicans three times apiece rather than four times. So that helps them obviously playing four times against the Thunder, Rockets, and Spurs rather than playing four times versus the Blazers, Grizzlies, Timberwolves, and Pelicans. So for a month-by-month breakdown of the Clippers schedule, this was by Lucas Hunt of 213 Hoops Online. In October, the Clippers will play seven games, two versus 2022 playoff teams. In November, they play 16 games, seven versus 2022 NBA playoff teams. They play 15 games in the month of December, seven versus 2022 NBA playoff teams. In January, the Clippers play 16 games, 12 of those games being versus 2022 NBA playoff teams. In February, the Clippers will be playing 10 games, eight of those being against 2022 NBA playoff teams. So obviously, that's a tough stretch right there between January and February, the Clippers play 26 games and 20 of those games are versus NBA playoff teams from 2022. Then in March, the Clippers play 14 games, eight of those being against 2022 NBA playoff teams. And then in April, they play four games, two versus 2022 NBA playoff teams. So now for some notable matchups for this Clippers team. As I said before, they open up the season on opening night against the Lakers at the Staples Center on October 20th. That will be the Battle of LA, and that's the first time Paul George and Kawhi Leonard will be facing Anthony Davis and LeBron James with all four of those guys being on the court. That's the first time they'll all be facing each other in the same game since December 22nd of 2020. The Clippers will play the Warriors at Golden State on November 23rd and March 2nd. They will be hosting the Golden State Warriors on February 14th and March 15th. So they don't play the Warriors at all besides November 23rd. They play them three times in the 2023 part of the season. So they play them once really in the first two or three months of the season. So that's easier, I guess, in the first half of the season for that Clippers team. They'll be playing the Phoenix Suns at Western Conference Finals rematch from 2021. They'll be playing them on October 23rd and December 15th at the Staples Center. And then February 16th and April 9th in Phoenix. And another big matchup to follow up with that. The Clippers will be hosting the Boston Celtics on December 12th in L.A. Then they will be playing Boston on December 29th in Boston. I'm very excited for that game. I'm excited to see the Clippers-Celtics matchup. Obviously, my two favorite teams. And obviously, you guys know I'm a big Clippers fan. So... Definitely thrilled to see that game. The Clippers will be playing the Milwaukee Bucks on TNT on February 2nd, as I said earlier in this episode. Then the Bucks will be facing the Clippers in L.A. on February 10th. That's a Friday night, so that's a big matchup there for the Clippers. They play the Bucks twice in an eight-game stretch. So now to transition to the Boston Celtics. They have the second easiest schedule in the NBA, according to Tankathon. For the Clippers, they have the eighth easiest schedule in the NBA. Breakdown of the Celtics schedule, month-by-month breakdown. The Celtics play seven games in October, 15 games in November, nine at home. That's the most home games in a month stretch for the Celtics in the season. So they'll be playing nine games at the TD Garden in November of their 15 games. They'll play 15 games in December, 15 games in January, 10 of those games being on the road. That's the most road games in a month for the Celtics. They'll play 11 games in February, 15 games in March, and four games in April. The Celtics have 13 back-to-backs. They had 15 back-to-backs last season, so two less back-to-backs this year. Eight of those games on the front end of those back-to-backs will be against 2022 NBA playoff teams, and only six of those 13 games in the back-to-backs will be against playoff teams in that second game of that back-to-back stretch. So that's an advantage. The Celtics only play eight games in their 13 back-to-backs where their first game of the back-to-back is versus an NBA playoff team. You'd rather play those NBA playoff teams the first night of a back-to-back rather than the second night of a back-to-back. But as for second nights of back-to-backs, the Celtics only play six games 
of those 13 back-to-backs, only six of those second nights will be against NBA playoff teams of 2022. So that's an advantage for the Celtics. The Celtics have a seven-game homestand in the last 17 days of December. So the Celtics will be going into the holiday season with 17 days at home with seven games across that homestand. That's actually the longest Celtics homestand in 43 years. Since 1980, that's the longest Celtics homestand, seven games. And they'll be doing it at a good time in the season, right around the holiday season. The Celtics' longest road trip on the year will be six games from December 4th to the 13th. So it's right before their seven-game homestand. So they go from their longest road trip to their longest homestand. Six games on the road from December 4th to the 13th. And then they have their longest homestand of the year right after that. Seven games at home. So six games away, seven games at home. Both of their longest home stretches and road stretches will be back-to-back. They'll have two five-game road trips. October 21st to the 28th is one of them, and then November 23rd to the 30th is another five-game road trip for the Celtics, so not as much as a six-game road trip, but five games, so just one game less on those two road trips, respectively. The Celtics will only play seven games on Thursdays this year out of 25 Thursdays in the NBA schedule. So that means the Celtics will have an off day on most Thursdays, 18 out of those 25 Thursdays in the NBA schedule. And that means when the Celtics have a Friday matchup, let's say October 21st versus the Miami Heat in Miami, they'll have Thursday off before that, which helps. So a lot of those marquee matchups for the Celtics will be on weekends, Friday or Saturdays. So having that Thursday off will definitely help. The Celtics get some rest before those Friday and Saturday marquee matchups. The Celtics have three stretches this year where they will play the same opponent in consecutive games in the same city. And that's according to NBA.com. And that does not happen very often. They'll play at home versus the Orlando Magic on December 16th in the 18th. So like a back-to-back but one night in between. Then it'll happen once again. The Celtics will be playing in Charlotte versus the Hornets on January 14th. And January 16th, they'll have the 15th off. So just like those home games versus Orlando, they'll play on December 16th and December 18th with that December 17th day off for the Celtics in the Orlando Magic. So like Charlotte, they'll play on the 14th and 16th with that January 15th day off for both of those teams, the Hornets and the Celtics. Then the Celtics will play versus Toronto in another one of those consecutive games versus the same team in the same city. They'll be playing in Boston on April 5th and April 7th versus Toronto. So at home at the TD Garden, they'll have April 5th and April 7th as games versus Toronto with that April 6th day in between off, just like versus Charlotte and Orlando in December and January. Celtics will be playing in LA on December 13th, and they do not have a road game until January 1st. So they'll be on the road on December 13th against the Lakers, and they do not play again on the road until January 1st, 2023 in Denver. So that's over two weeks right there. The Celtics will be at home. As I said, that's a 17-day stretch at the end of December. The Celtics will be home and will have seven home games across that stretch. The longest homestand in the NBA season for the Celtics this year. And obviously having a lot of home games and a lot of days off in the end of December definitely is an advantage for the Celtics since they'll be able to celebrate the holiday season with their family not to be on the road like most other teams in the NBA. So the Celtics will play the Milwaukee Bucks and Atlanta Hawks only once in Boston this year. They'll play both of those teams two times away on the road. But like the Clippers, the Celtics play the Bucks and the Hawks only three times. Just like the Clippers are only playing the Memphis Grizzlies and the Timberwolves and the Blazers only three times apiece. And then the Clippers get to play four games against the Oklahoma City Thunder, for example. While the Celtics get four games against the Orlando Magic. 
So you play some teams in your conference four times and sometimes three times. That definitely plays a role in who has the hottest schedule because you might have an advantage playing the Orlando Magic four times rather than playing them three times. You get to play the Orlando Magic four times and only get to play the Bucks three times. That's an advantage for the Celtics. The Clippers only get to play the Timberwolves three times but get to play the Oklahoma City Thunder four times. So that's an advantage right there, who you're playing four times and three times. And the Celtics obviously have an advantage there only playing the Bucks and Hawks three times. So the other two teams the Celtics will be playing only three times this year will be the Wizards and the Pacers. The Celtics will visit them once apiece while both of those teams will be coming to Boston twice. So the Celtics play the Wizards and Pacers three times, just like they're playing the Bucks and Hawks three times. And then the other teams in the Eastern Conference, besides the divisional opponents, they'll be playing four times. So that's an advantage for the Celtics playing the Orlando Magic four times, for example. The Celtics will be on national TV for 37 games out of 82 games this season. Five of those games being on ABC, nine of them being on TNT, 11 on ESPN, and 12 of those games being on NBA TV. And now I'm going to highlight some of the toughest stretches in the Celtics schedule. They're on the West Coast. December 7th at Phoenix, December 10th at Golden State, December 12th at the Clippers, and then December 13th at the Lakers. All four of those games will be nationally televised. But that's four tough games. Suns, Warriors, Clippers, and Lakers. Four tough games in a six-game stretch right there. And obviously, that's against four of the best teams, or at least three of the best teams in the Western Conference. No one really knows how the Lakers are going to be this year. But I think the Clippers... And the Warriors will be the two best teams in the Western Conference. I think the Phoenix Suns will be around the fourth or fifth team in the Western Conference. And then who knows where the Lakers are going to be. But that's four tough games right there on that West Coast trip. Now some notable matchups for the Celtics this season. They'll be playing at the Warriors on December 10th on ABC Saturday night. That is the 2022 NBA Finals rematch, which I was talking about earlier this episode with that being a very notable game in the NBA schedule in general. So it's obviously a notable game for the Celtics as well. The Celtics will be playing the Nets on December 4th in Brooklyn, January 12th in Brooklyn, February 1st in Boston, and then March 3rd in Boston. We'll see where the Nets are this year and who they're going to keep, whether or not Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant will be playing for the Nets this season. No one really knows right now, obviously, but the Nets-Celtics games will definitely be one to highlight regardless since the Celtics swept the Nets last year in the playoffs. So obviously the Nets are going to want to get some payback and have a better outcome in Boston this time. Then another team to highlight, the Celtics play at the Miami Heat on Friday, October 21st at 7.30 p.m. That is a rematch of the 2022 Eastern Conference Finals, a game I'm looking forward to. I'm a big Jimmy Butler fan, and even though I'm a Celtics fan at the end of the day, I love what Jimmy Butler did in Game 6 against the Celtics last year. With the season on the line in Game 6, in Boston, he went for 46 points, 11 for 11 from the free throw line, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 steals, 1 block, and only 1 turnover in 46 minutes played. He played 46 minutes in Game 6, put the entire team on his back, and had 47 points. Jimmy Butler got my respect already before that game. He's already had my respect for years. I've always been a big Jimmy Butler fan. But after seeing that, even if you're a Celtics fan, you got to give Jimmy his respect. I'm excited to see him play against the Celtics this year. Again, big Jimmy Butler fan. I'm looking forward to him doing big things for the Miami Heat this season. So some other things to highlight. The Celtics will be playing on or around holidays this season a ton. They'll be playing the Dallas Mavericks at home on Wednesday, November 23rd before Thanksgiving. And then we'll play the day after Thanksgiving. So on Black Friday versus the Sacramento Kings at home at 8 p.m. So the Celtics have the advantage there. They're playing at home the day before and the day after Thanksgiving. They will be playing on Christmas Day for the seventh consecutive year, playing the Milwaukee Bucks at home at 5 p.m. That's actually the second straight year. Both of those teams are meeting on Christmas. The Celtics will be home the day before and the day after Thanksgiving. So they'll be home for Thanksgiving, home on Christmas. 
And then also, we'll be home on Easter playing a 1 o'clock game at home versus the Atlanta Hawks. And then also to note, they also play on MLK Day this year on January 16th in Chicago versus the Bulls at 2 o'clock. But they play at home the day before and the day after Thanksgiving. So they'll be home for Thanksgiving with their families. They'll be home for the last 17 days of December. So they'll have all Christmas with their family. They'll play on Christmas Day for the seventh consecutive year. As I said, second straight year, the Bucks and the Celtics will be playing each other on Christmas Day. But they'll be home for Thanksgiving. They'll be home for Christmas. And they'll be home for Easter. Three huge holidays right there. And the Celtics will be home for all three of them. So that's an advantage right there for the Celtics. There's a huge advantage in the Celtics season in, in their schedule release. Obviously, the Celtics will be very fortunate for that, being able to spend time with their families on those holidays. So just to reiterate one last time, they'll be playing the Mavericks at home on Wednesday, November 23rd, the day before Thanksgiving. Then we'll be playing on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, versus Sacramento Kings at 8 p.m. at home. They'll play on Christmas Day for the seventh consecutive year, 5 p.m. at home versus Milwaukee Bucks. They will play on MLK Day this year on January 16th in Chicago versus the Bulls at 2 o'clock. And then we'll be playing on Easter Sunday, a 1 o'clock game at home versus the Hawks. They will be home for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter with 17 days at the end of December. They will be home for over a seven-game stretch, their longest homestand of the season. Their longest homestand in 43 years will be the end of December. So the Celtics have an advantage there, playing three of the biggest holidays in the calendar, all three of them being at home for the Boston Celtics. So now I'm going to close up with some NBA news. The biggest thing that happened yesterday besides the NBA schedule release, which I think this is honestly bigger than the NBA schedule release, was LeBron James, Lakers forward, signing a two-year $97.1 million contract extension with the Los Angeles Lakers. The 37-year-old is heading into his 20th NBA season in the NBA. He will now be under contract through the 2024-2025 NBA season. His new extension will be worth up to $111 million over the next two years based on the salary cap rises per reports to The Athletic. LeBron now has $532 million in guaranteed money in the NBA, which is actually the most in NBA history. That's the most for any player in NBA history in guaranteed money, $532 million. And LeBron James now, obviously, was already second. He was already high before it. Now he is first. Kevin Durant is now second with $499 million. Curry, Steph Curry, that is, is third with $470 million. Damian Lillard is fourth with $450 million guaranteed. So this upcoming season will be the final year of his previous deal at $44. million. Now he gets two extra years added on after this season. And they said, per reports, LeBron really didn't see a team with a lot of cap space heading into next offseason that he was interested in playing for. So he took that Lakers deal since he felt like it was best. In this upcoming season, LeBron has a chance to break the NBA record for most points scored. He's 1,326 points behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, so 1,326 points behind him. But he averaged 30.3 points per game last year, his second best average in a single season in his career. 30.3 points per game was a second best point per game average in his career. 30.3 points per game, 8.2 rebounds, 6.2 assists, 1.3 steals, 1.1 blocks, 35.9% shooting from three and 52.4% shooting from the floor. LeBron James, 36 years old last season. At the start of the season, now 37, at the beginning of last season was 36 and was 37 during the season and averaged 30.3 points per game, 8.2 rebounds and 6.2 assists at 37 years old. And he'll be 38 in December of this year. And if he stays on track with his career average of 27.1 points per game, he will only need 
49 games to break the record, and that's according to ESPN. LeBron's lowest point-per-game average in a season was 20.9 points per game. He would need 64 games to break that record at that pace, and it's an 82-game season, and hopefully he plays 64 games and breaks it easily. If LeBron James averaged 17.6 points per game, which is actually the most ever for a player in their 20th season in NBA history, he would need 76 games to break the record in this 82 games in the season, as I said. So LeBron has a great chance of breaking the most points scored in NBA history this season. He'll be doing it as a Laker, which Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was a Laker as well. So very exciting for LeBron. This will be a great season for him. I'm looking forward to him hopefully staying healthy and have a great year for that Lakers team. The Lakers last year were 33-49, and 49, and they missed the playoffs. LeBron only played in 56 games last year, missed 36 games, and Anthony Davis missed 42 games as well. So the Lakers did not have any health last year, and hopefully both of those guys stay healthy this year for them, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And I'm looking forward to Russell Westbrook. Whether or not he's traded, which I think Russell Westbrook's going to have a great year regardless, I want Russell Westbrook out of L.A. just so he's not the reason they lose. He's not the problem in L.A., and I've explained it a million times, and I've even explained it in this episode because I've already explained it a thousand times. Russell Westbrook was not the problem in L.A. Why not LeBron James and Anthony Davis staying healthy? Why is that not the problem? Russell Westbrook was just an easy target. An easy target to blame. Since obviously, yeah, he wasn't putting up the amount of points per game he did when he was on the Wizards or the Rockets or the Thunder. But I still like Russell Westbrook. I still think he's a good player. I still think, I still think he's going to have a good year this year. And if you look at it, the Lakers are still trying to move him. They offered their 2027 and 2029 first-round picks to the Nets, both of those being unprotected picks. They offered both of those picks with Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving, but the Brooklyn Nets said no. So at the end of the day, they're still shopping him. And at the end of the day, if he ends up getting traded, I think it would be a good thing for Russell Westbrook to get out of L.A. since I think the scrutiny and the public criticism around him is just too much. It's too much. He doesn't deserve it, especially a guy that still suits up every single night. Russell Westbrook will give you everything he has on offense and defense. He'll be hustling, running down the lane, going for rebounds, playing hot defense, getting back on defense on two-on-ones. He will always be giving you everything he has, whether or not he's being criticized or not. And I think he honestly is one of the most underappreciated players in the NBA. And even if he's not having a great season, last year wasn't his best year. I know that. But for a guy that was criticized as much as Russell Westbrook, still putting on a jersey every single night and getting out there and lacing up and still giving it everything he's got, when he knows he misses a shot, it's going to be all over Twitter and Instagram. Russell Westbrook deserves more credit and deserves more respect in the NBA. And even if last year wasn't his best season, why aren't LeBron James and Anthony Davis held accountable for missing 36 games for LeBron and 42 games for Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis missed more than half of last season. He only played in 40 out of 82 games. He missed 42 games. Anyways, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I will be back on, hopefully, maybe with another episode today or tomorrow to talk about the Cape Cod Baseball League and what happened in the finals last week. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. I appreciate it. Hope you guys have a good one. Thank you.